Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or contact me directly. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Today we're going to talk about the hybrid workforce, the hybrid working, the office environment. What do we do there for security? What do we do for touchless technology, for, for wellness? What is really the future of office space when we're talking about some people in some of these offices working from, from wherever they might be working from and also working in, in the office? Please welcome my guest. It's Tom Shercliffe. He is co-founder of Intelligent Buildings. And Tom, thanks for joining us here in Studio One today. Glad to be back with you. Well, good. With uh, intelligent buildings, that kind of says it all. That's kind of what we need today, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's like, right. More so than ever. And because we're both occupants, if you couldn't say it, we're still here as occupants in a building today. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's, uh, we're really seeing the uh, intelligent building as a topic uh, uh, really get more intense with the pandemic and hybrid working and cybersecurity. It's more important than ever, including in the actual design. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole commercial real estate world is kind of curious on the future of office. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of benefits. Uh, one, just the, the lack of a commute, I think, with, uh, you know, work from anywhere uh, in hybrid work, but also you have security issues, right, of, of your trade secrets, uh, of your customer information. And then, then you have another kind of cybersecurity issue there when people, is it a little harder to control cybersecurity when you have employees working anywhere rather than one place? It gets more difficult, including in the building itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the key is, is the pendulum did swing and uh, it's gonna swing back and the question is how far? Both with uh, what people are allowed to do in terms of working at home or working mm -hmm. at other places. And as you said, what are all the new policies associated with that? Cybersecurity is a really big one, both for trade secrets and, and internal information, uh, again, as well as how you get in and out of the building and what happens inside the building. Mm -hmm. When you talk to corporate leadership about their plans for hybrid working or working in the office, kind of the future, is there a consensus there, everybody on the same page? Well, I've never seen anything come on so fast yeah. uh, and uh, in terms of this hybrid working uh, consensus. The consensus, there is consensus that there is gonna be hybrid working. Uh, how, when, what the policies are, how many people in the office, how long, it's really interesting. We work with a lot of corporate real estate executives and they're just trying to do the best almost day by day. There've been some forecasts and some prognostications, uh, but they seem to change uh, you know, as the conditions change. Yeah, and I think my belief is that the big companies aren't going to be fully in the office uh, unless they feel it's safe for their employees, right? I know uh, that would just be a nightmare if something happened and you kind of tried to get everybody back too soon. That's, that's uh, a lot of lawyers worry about that. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, as we have talked before, you know, if this goes on for a long time, even at a lesser degree, mm -hmm. are, are, can you really manage to zero or do right. you need to figure out what is the building going to do and look like and what are your policies for work going to be on an ongoing basis? Because while work from home has been more successful than most people thought, uh, you're clearly seeing now the impact of a lack of collaboration, uh, mm -hmm. collaboration 
uh, lack of relationship building. Uh, the, the impacts are starting to be felt now. Productivity kept up, and now there are other consequences. So everybody's looking at how can we regenerate that. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I think a lot of people can be very productive working from home or from mm -hmm. anywhere, and then some people really struggle with that. Um, I was talking to a, a large employer the, last week, and she said that uh, she's finding that a lot of the employees out there are actually working two full-time jobs because they work from home and the employer doesn't really know that they're not hardly working half a day. Yeah, work styles. I mean, something mm -hmm. we've been fortunate to focus on is everybody has a different work style, different mm -hmm. skill sets. Mm -hmm. And that's still true even in the work from home environment. So some thrive, uh, some miss, uh, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and some don't do well at all. So I think that's, uh, it's really just a pendulum swing problem from before the pandemic. You had people that were in offices that really struggled to be in the same place in the same time every day, and they prefer to be productive at night. Uh, so now you're just seeing the other side of that equation. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing how some people that would take advantage of it, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's theft. Yes. Right. You know, if somebody's paying me to put in eight hours and I'm going to put in less, I, I would feel like I was stealing. Uh, I wouldn't feel right. Uh, yeah. But not everybody feels that way. Well, let's talk about cybersecurity and, and, uh, and the hybrid workforce. Is cybersecurity, how big of an issue is it? Seems like we're hearing more about it. Well, it's always been a big issue, uh, both, mm -hmm. as we said, with the individual and the company uh, information mm -hmm. and the facilities themselves. So this, mm -hmm. this was, again, an issue that was known, let's say, with the Starbucks phenomenon before the pandemic. People would work in a coffee shop and open their laptop and could somebody see something? Could they get on a Wi-Fi? Were they, were they subject to intrusion there? Well, now that's gotten much more significant with every, almost everybody working outside of the office. So that's, uh, that has brought on a whole new uh, level of policy and, uh, and management uh, necessity. Yeah, and it seems like we're hearing more in the news that companies getting hacked and paying fines, or not fines, but ransomware. Well, ransomware is, is prevalent, and during the pandemic, both in the broader marketplace as well as in commercial real estate, it was up by triple-digit percentages. And um, ransomware, speaking of commercial real estate, is the most common intrusion for building control systems, like ransoming the HVAC system or the parking system or the elevator system. And uh, we have customers, uh, active customers, that represent a total of 6 billion square feet right now. And in our uh, experience and tabulation, the ransomware for facility managers uh, and systems was up 700% wow. in the first year of the pandemic. Gee, gee. And, and, and my idea, you know, your company's called Intelligent Buildings. My idea of an intelligent building, uh, and I may be a bit of a germaphobe and was well before uh, the, this COVID crap, um, but as, my idea of the intelligence building is I don't have to touch anything. Touchless technology. I don't want to have to touch to get in the building or up the elevator. Why aren't we seeing more of that? And, 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 and what's it look like? I think you will see more of that. And what you're describing, is, you know, most people think about intelligent buildings as a system. What mm -hmm. does that system do? You said touchless. Does the door open automatically for me? But if you wanted to have a touchless experience, that's a use case conversation. Mm -hmm. So your self-described germaphobe, you would want a touchless experience from the parking lot to the elevator mm -hmm. uh, to your uh, uh, door of your office all the way through, or else you've compromised in one of those places. So that re just represented three or four different systems. So one point about intelligent buildings and the technology these days is, it is there is so much of it. Unlike even a decade ago, you had to say, that's a cool system. What can I do with it? 
Now there's so much of it, you can really just step away from the technology and think about it in real estate and business language. What do I want to happen? You didn't care how it happened. You want a touchless experience. Right. Now that can be documented as your use case. And then we would go back and see what systems connect together to make that touchless experience. Same thing, you can have use cases in life safety. What happens when something goes wrong? Do you involve digital signage? Does it tell you where to go in addition to just the fire alarm? So that's really been a real advantage of technology advancement is you can just talk real estate and business and don't worry about the technology. There you go. And I, I, know, I wish you guys, maybe you have a fix for this. If you don't, I'm, I'm going to wish it upon you to, okay. to have a fix. You go in the restroom, you don't have to touch the, the urinal commodes, they flush. You don't have to touch the water or the, or the paper tiles, but then when you get ready to leave, there's this ominous store handle there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's really a microcosm of what we talked about yeah. in the whole touchless experience. Yeah. And, and what's funny is when we started our company 17 years ago, we actually worked with the first touchless uh, restroom experience, which, by the way, is not just touchless. Uh, for touchless, it also tells property management when the paper towels are out or the soap. As okay. a germaphobe, you wouldn't like, even if you were touchless, you'd yeah. be uh, upset. And uh, people that, uh, that uh, work in retail or certainly places where like movies let out all at once, they were having a problem with this kind of thing and needed yeah. some sensors and technology to deal with that. And how many of the new buildings being designed now are really incorporating these? Uh, well, new buildings obviously have the latest and greatest technology, even in the basic systems like HVAC, elevator lighting, parking, et cetera. One of the problems is they typically don't take a step back before doing that and see how those systems might work together. Not for more money, same systems you have, but how do you get those systems to talk to each other uh, so that we can create your use cases. Uh, we have a customer in New York City who, before the pandemic, we created the, a building that took the same systems they were going to have and set it up so that they could talk to each other. And they didn't plan on this, but when the pandemic uh, hit, they connected their access control system to their destination dispatch elevator. So not only did your card get you in the turnstile, the elevator was already waiting to take you to your floor so you had a touchless experience. Same systems they were going to have but ready and able to talk together when, when you wanted it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you have some technology for me, Tom? So when I shake someone's hands, I've, I've got something fake there or something that gives me the same. I, I, I do, but it's, it's kind of low tech. It's called an elbow bump. <laughs> elbow bump. <laughs> yes. Uh, so when you're talking with corporate leadership today and they're talking about the timing to come back and, and when they feel they can get more people back together, is, are they really saying it's about the COVID scare? Is it about the, when they can consider it safe for employees? Is that? that that's a big part of it. But also we've got to think about not only when it's safe, but what are the new expectations? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, sustainability and, and operational efficiency have been sort of king of the smart building conversation. And now uh, public health and wellness are important. And we see that as a little bit of a legacy. Indoor air quality maybe more important than it used to be, water safety. Um, what about how much uh, CFM per person that walks in the door is the expectation of the air turning over? That's a whole new intense category that in some ways has to compete a little bit with operational efficiency. More air is not as efficient, but as public health and wellness uh, become a little bit more of a priority. Yeah, and, and I guess this is something we're starting to see in, in tenant uh, leases, right? And uh, letters of intent. We are, we are seeing, uh, and just to connect the dots, we are seeing both the, uh, the air quality uh, and the cybersecurity as requirements. So when, yeah. 
when they're looking at a new space, they're going to want it to be, uh, uh, wellness is a big deal, but again, difference between wellness and public health uh, criteria and indicators and sensors and that kind of thing, as well as holding the landlord responsible for the cybersecurity of the building systems. Uh, if, if, you, if you can't uh, uh, have air conditioning in July in Atlanta, you're not going to be able to occupy the building. If you can't get up the elevator, if you can't get in the parking deck. Uh, and so even though it's the landlord and property management responsibility, we're seeing larger tenants say, I need to know what you're doing about that. Yeah. So yeah, both, both the public health, wellness, and cybersecurity making its way into leases. Yeah, and I think most people think of cybersecurity related to kind of their networks and their information. But I don't know if a lot of people think about it in terms of their actual building systems <laughs> right. and how susceptible those building systems are because there's outside people accessing those. Well, you're right. That most, most every system, uh, and it's funny, this is not a smart building thing. Since the 80s, mm -hmm. almost every building system we've mentioned today, HVAC, elevator parking, going down the list, have been based on computers, mm -hmm. sounds obvious, mm -hmm. and connectable to the internet. And so that is a problem. But, but what's different in buildings when you say cybersecurity? It's not just the hacking, which we will touch on in a second, but it's also what the contractors do. If a contractor doesn't back up a system and it's subject to ransomware, you've got a lot of time and money in front of you. But if it was simply backed up, mm -hmm. now you have a way to deal with that. If you had policy for your individual technicians that service all these systems, you can make that much less likely to happen. So it's not like IT where a CIO says, here's the rules. We're in a fragmented environment. Asset manager, property manager, facility manager, contractor, system, very mm -hmm. fragmented. So you've got to get down into the dirty fingernails piece of it to really prevent uh, things from going wrong. Yeah, and it sounds complicated. Well, it, it, it does sound complicated, but, but, and, that, and that's why if you recognize, like we all know that real mm -hmm. estate is fragmented, you can sort of, in a way, push some of the complicated technology aside and just deal with the contractor policy, backing up the system, and making the building invisible to the Internet. Right. Don't worry about how, right? I mean, these are three simple things to do. And, and just a note on, on the uh, making it invisible to the Internet. Mm -hmm. This is going to sound crazy, but the UK recently released documents that showed Iran targeting commercial real estate as infrastructure uh, and naming, naming manufacturers of these HVAC and building automation systems. So um, the most prevalent and common problem is usually an internal mismanagement that leaves you exposed. But now we also have to deal with nation states <laughs> looking at commercial real estate as infrastructure. Yeah. Well, my listeners and viewers may be curious about what you just mentioned about making these systems invisible to the Internet because you also said that they have to connect to the Internet. Yeah, so, so how do you do that's, both? That's, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, just like you would think that in a, in a large corporation, in a bank, let's say, their um, uh, internet connections are, are more secure than maybe your, your Best Buy router in your home, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same sort of thing. You, you walk in a building, you'd be shocked to see these flashing green lights and, and wires hanging from the wall and DSL modems and cell modems and these kind of things. It, you need to go to what we call a zero trust. In other words, a building and a contractor doesn't need to go to Facebook while he's, he or she is servicing the building. So zero trust means the only place on the Internet in the world that the building can go is to the contractor's uh, remote site, okay. nowhere else. Okay, so and it so, limits access to yes. certain so IP addresses. Yeah, so it doesn't mean cut off from the world. It means okay. literally the only place the building can see and communicate with 
is a destination in our case that we would prescribe for the customer. So that that is literally means zero trust. I don't and because of that, again, you can't go to Facebook or ESPN or anything else when you're here in the building, but yeah. you can get service remotely. Yeah. And why would they need to if they're involved in your building system at the time? Well, that's exactly right. And historically yeah. what happens is, and this is almost a natural thing, I'm on a laptop, it's connected to the internet, and I've got a few minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And that's not good. Right. Um, so that, that leaves the building exposed. But also, that notwithstanding, as we said earlier, ransomware is, is a significant problem. So a, a technician could be getting an internal email to his or her email address. And it says important Johnson Controls update or important Honeywell update or whatever the manufacturer is. And they click on that. And now, now the ransomware is in the system, yeah. sort of behind the curtain. So that's why we said earlier that training for the technicians and, the poli and auditing is, is probably a more important way to say it, auditing yeah. of the technicians for the policy. And it seems to me as a, as a user that those type of phishing emails have just exploded and, and how well they're done and, and the amount of them coming through. Is that they, they really have. And, and that's one reason uh, when we talk to owners and managers about this, it's important to tailor those phishing tests mm -hmm. to the person. In other words, many people will click on an Amazon or Target gift certificate and think they won something. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But even if they get a little wise to that, again, if something says this relates to your job or to the system that you're managing, uh, we found uh, seven times more likely for a facility technician to click on that than the general public because it was so tailored to their, to their uh, industry. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Tom, what would you leave our audience with to think about related to hybrid working and, and security of their information and building? Yeah, I think the thing to think about is, is not systems and features, which just mm -hmm. makes you crazy. Think mm -hmm. about attributes. I want to be uh, interoperable, I want to be flexible, and I want to be cyber secure. Just think about those attributes, because most people don't, don't deal with all this technology, every, and they shouldn't. They yeah. should focus on their, their craft and commercial real estate. So think about the attributes. And also think about, here's one thing I'll leave you with too, is think about assessments. Because just coming in and out of your building, whether you own it or manage it or lease it, uh, and not knowing what is in the building exactly and how it's connected and who did it and whether it's backed up, think about a real a concept everybody can comfortable assess. Assess your building and, and it'll, uh, it'll illuminate real fast. Yeah. I don't even like to go to the doctor and get assessed, so I don't know if I want to go <laughs> to a building. All right. I figure if I don't go, there's nothing wrong. And, that's, and if you do that with your building, you could have a problem. Right? I can tell you stories in the buildings. That's not the way it works. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good Enjoy to see that. You. Yes. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Hey, if you'd like to have no more information, their website is intelligentbuildings.com. We appreciate uh, you watching or listening. And please, I do share the show and reach out to us if I can help you in any way. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty, for proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success, expert level commercial real estate broker training. 
Cloud Access One up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.